God, you are good. You are the way maker. You are, you are the one that we can come to when we're not sure of what's going on. We, when, when we feel like the, all the roads are blocked, we feel like we've got no direction, God. You are the way maker. Just as we were praying, I had the sense there's, there's some people here this morning and you've, you've been praying for something. And you're expecting something from God, but what's going on in your heart is that the thing that you're up against seems bigger than your God. The thing that you're facing seems bigger than the, 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 the God of all creation, the God of the universe. And as we were just singing that song, I just had this sense to encourage you that, that the God that we believe in, He's bigger than anything that we can face. He is stronger than any trial that we can come against that He is more powerful than anything that the enemy could throw against you. What you need to do is believe in the power of God. Believe that He is the miracle worker. Believe that He is the way maker. And as we believe in Him, He will see us through. He will take us through. We don't know what the journey will hold, but we know that that the God that we believe in will take us there. And so God, we pray in this moment as we've been worshiping Your name, Help us to expand our faith in you. Help us to open our eyes to the things that you can do, to the the God that you are. Help us not to see the obstacle in front of us. Help us not to see the challenge only, God, but help us to be focused on you. Help us to be focused on how great you are and, God, how much you love us. That this life is not just trials and tribulations, that this life comes into its fullness when we encounter you, when we follow you. We praise you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So good to be worshiping together. Grab a seat. And if we haven't met before, my name's Riley and um, part of the team here. And uh, I learned a new word this morning. Um, It was about five minutes ago. Um, Superfluous. I didn't know that was a word. I thought we were playing like, um, what's the game, Scrabble, and Phil was making it up, but Superfluous, I Googled it. Um, does anybody else had not heard of Superfluous, or is that just me? It's just, so the person getting up, <laughs> there's one hand, there's one hand, there's two, we've got kids, oh jeez, <laughs> oh, my goodness, Superfluous, it was the first time I've ever heard of it, and it means unnecessary, uh, which is exactly what me telling you this is. Um, but I just thought it was a bit of fun to, yeah, I learned a word and uh, now I'm embarrassed. So uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. But uh, <laughs> I'm excited to, to share with you this morning. I'm excited to be here at church. I love, I love what we do. And I'm excited for the series that we're in. It's um, always and only Jesus. And, and Phil opened up uh, with this last week that this idea that as we're starting this new year, as we're starting a year ahead, that we would uh, take a a look at our, our faith in our life and that we would uh, look, look at what it looks like to have Jesus as our first priority. That in everything that we do, in everything that we are, that it would be always and only Jesus in how we are with our family and how we are at work and how we make decisions, that every part of our life, that Jesus holds the central part of who we are. And so in everything, the first priority is always only Jesus. 
Um, and so we're going to unpack that a little bit more this morning, and we're going to open up straight to Scripture. We're going to look at Luke 5, and this is the story. We'll get it up on the screen. This is the story um, of uh, the calling of Levi. And so as uh, you would know, in the, in, when Jesus starts his ministry, the first thing he's doing is going out um, and he's, he's gathering um, his disciples together. And so we're going to read this story. It says this, After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up and left everything, and he followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus. He had a party for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I love that the Pharisees asked the disciples and Jesus replied. But what I love in this story as we look at it is we, the response that Levi has to Jesus calling him. The first thing, Jesus is like, hey, Levi, come follow me. And the first thing that Levi does is he goes and he gets everybody he knows and brings them along to a party. What happens here is instantly the thing that matters most to Jesus mattered most to Levi. And he went and he got everybody come along to the party. Have you ever found in your life that you maybe do, have you ever done something in your life that you kind of never thought that you would do except for the fact, except because you've hung out with somebody? Now that, that sounds weird, but uh, we'll get there. It, like, have you ever done something, like, so for example, if you hang out with me, uh, you will start to do things that you didn't think that you would do, some adventurous things, uh, that, uh, let's, let's clear that up, some adventurous things. Like for me, I, I just love adrenaline, I love doing things. And so if you hang out with me, over time, if you hang out with me long enough, you're going to start doing things that involve adventure. Like literally, I got married to my wife, and the first thing we, not the first thing, one of the first things that we did on our honeymoon was uh, go and uh, jump out of a plane. We went skydiving. It was like, that's the most romantic thing you can do on your honeymoon, am I right? And so if you hang out with people, my, I, was like, I was like to my wife, you just got to get used to the fact that you're married to me now, so we're going to jump out of things. She's not the first person that's hung out with me and has jumped off something. And so if you hang out with me, it's a high likelihood that you're going to chase a bit of adrenaline, you're going to do things. Has anybody had people in your life, you're like, I never thought I would, I, I'd be doing these things, uh, but, but for the people that you hang out with. A couple examples for me, you know, I never would have, I reckon, picked up a basketball if I didn't come to this church. I mean, how many pastors here talk about going and playing basketball in the NBA? It's amazing. We do love the NBA. I, I've, I've grown to love the NBA. I never would have known who LeBron James was or um, the other guys that we talk about <laughs> all the time. But the people that I hang out with, I start to care about the things that they care about. Uh, my friend James, in front row, he loves a sunset. We go and we look at sunsets. It's like, it's, it's things. The people that you hang out with, it changes what you care about and it changes the things that you do. And what happened with Levi in this moment, the first thing that he did was he cared about what Jesus cared about. He instantly got people. When we prioritize Jesus in our life, when Jesus is our first 
uh, our always and only Jesus, our first priority, what happens is we begin to care about what Jesus cares about. At the end of this scripture, Jesus is like, they're like, why are you hanging out with these people? Because Jesus is like, I care about them. These are the lost. These are the sick. These are the people that need me, and I'm here for them. And Levi, the, and we're calling it the Levi response this morning, that his response was instantly, I've got to get everybody in, and they've got to encounter Jesus too. So when we prioritize Jesus, our pri- his first priority becomes our first priority. So I want to ask us a question this morning. What would it look like this year to put Jesus as our first priority and make what Jesus cares about what we care about? I'm just going to quickly pray over this for a moment. Lord, as we look at this idea of aligning our hearts with yours, as we prioritizing the things that you prioritize, that we start to care about what you care about as we draw closer and closer to you, Lord. And we pray as we, we look at this story and we open this word that you would put things on our hearts, that you would speak to us, that it wouldn't uh, be uh, just fancy words or, or uh, nice title slides, but God, this would be real, life-changing, giving word from you that would spark a passion in us to align our heart with your hearts. Your heart. Praise you, God. Amen. So I love this story. And so if we're going to look at this idea of what does it look like to, to put Jesus as the first priority, to care about what Jesus cares about, it's going to take igniting the Levi response. That's what I'm calling it, igniting the Levi response. Now, Levi, he was like, oh my goodness, Jesus has called me to be his disciple. He's called me to follow him. I'm so excited. This is too good not to share it. This is too good for me to keep to myself. I've got to go tell everybody in my world about it. Something you need to know about me is I'm really good at selling things. Um, Phil knows it. I'm really good at selling things. I've never lost money. I've, I've owned a lot of cars, and I've only ever lost money on one car. Um, and I've, it's like I'm good at selling things. And the other side of things is uh, if you sell me a good product, I will then go on and sell it for you. Not not on purpose, but just because I'll get excited about the product. And uh, a good example is this watch on my wrist. It's an Apple Watch. Um, and some of our young adults have heard me talk about this before. Uh, when I bought this Apple Watch, it changed my life. It was amazing. Um, I, I bought the Apple Watch, and I suddenly I started exercising more because it tracked my exercise. I started um, going on my phone less because I could just quickly answer it on my wrist. There was all these things. And so I got so excited about the Apple Watch that I started selling it to everyone. I started going around saying, hey, you should buy an Apple Watch. It'll change your life. It changed mine. It was amazing. And I get excited about it. I started to tell absolutely everybody, and no joke, people bought an Apple Watch because I told them to buy an Apple Watch. That's how good I'm selling. I'm not even working for Apple. And I saw, and, and, that, and that's what I do, and, and it was exciting, and it was like, it was cool, it was new, it was fresh, it was something, and so I was, I was so pumped to share about it. Now, my watch is, it's just over a year old now, I still wear it out, wear it every day, I got to rip a tan line from it, um, and uh, I, I do, I still love the watch, it still has the same value to me, but I've had it for a while now, so the excitement of the watch has started to dwindle down. Uh, there's the, I'm not so, like, it's, it's still got all the same value to me. It's still new. It, it's not new anymore, but it's still, uh, it's still good. It still does what, I've, what I want it to do. 
But because it's not new, because it's not fresh anymore, I don't feel as excited about it. I'm not selling it to everyone except for a couple hundred people on a Sunday morning. But I'm not as excited about it anymore. And that can happen with our faith. What happens so often for a lot of us, when we first find faith in Jesus, when we first get to know God and, and it's new and it's fresh, it becomes the most exciting thing ever. When we encounter God for the first time, we encounter the presence of God, it changes us on the inside. And we start to go around telling everyone, hey, I found out about this guy called Jesus, and he's amazing. He's changed everything about me. It is the coolest thing ever. When it's, is that, can anybody testify to that? When you first come to faith, you're like, man, this is exciting. I've got to tell everyone. But then something happens over time. And it's not as new to us anymore. It's still got the same value to us. It's still of infinite importance to us. But something happens over time and, and we begin to lose a bit of the excitement, a bit of the urgency to say, hey, you guys got to get on this too, kind of like the watch. You gotta, it's so good for me, it'll be good for you. You got to get around it too. And over time, what happens is we start to lose the excitement of it. And so for us to reignite the Levi response, I want to get excited again. I want us to be excited again about our faith, like when it's new, like when it's fresh. Let's make 2022 a year where we get excited about our faith as we ignite this Levi response, this response where we see Levi and he's like, man, I've just got to tell everyone, this is the best thing ever. Let's ignite that excitement in our hearts this year. Let's get, let's get pumped. Does that get you guys excited a little bit? Let's get excited about our faith again and share it because it's amazing. So how do we, how do, we do that? How do we, uh, how do we make that real? Well, what happens when we make Jesus our number one priority uh, in our life? It forces and helps us to see people how Jesus sees people. Now, if you know the story of Levi, you know that he's, he's not actually a very good dude at this time. Levi was a sellout to Rome, uh, so he was a tax collector, and so what he would be doing is, uh, is taxing his people to the Roman Empire, but the Romans didn't like him because they're like, well, we know that you're, you're not a very good bloke, so we don't really like you, and then all the Jews are like, well, you're taxing us, and he would skim some, skim some off the top from himself, that's what the tax collectors would do, and so nobody really liked him. It's, he's like not a very good dude, he's a sellout, and so uh, when Jesus comes, uh, when in the culture of the day, Levi, he had absolutely no spot and place to be Jesus' disciple. Like he does, he's, because of the culture of the day, he, there's no way that he should be Jesus' disciple. But then what happens is Jesus comes and he sees Levi. He doesn't see an outcast. He doesn't see somebody who's on the out, outer of all the, the, the circles. He doesn't see somebody who's stealing from people. He doesn't see somebody who, who's, who's uh, sold out. He sees a person. He sees somebody whom he loves. He sees somebody who God loves. He sees Levi and he's like, oh, I love you. I want you to come and follow me. See, Jesus' heart for people, it looks far beyond anything that we can see on the outward. Jesus' heart for people sees sons and daughters of God, and Jesus is passionate about people coming to know Him. 
See, Jesus is clear in Scripture that the call of us that have put our faith in Jesus, the call of the church, is to go and tell people about Him, to, to, tell, to, to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to make disciples. That's, that's what is, is clear as day in the Bible for us in Scripture. But what happens when we put Jesus first? We see people how Jesus sees people. So that means when we go to work, our colleagues, they're not just our colleagues anymore. When we walk past somebody in the street, they're not just somebody walking past us on the street. Our family's not just our family members. The, the shop attendants, not just the shop attendants, but every person that we encounter, they're all sons and daughters of God. And Jesus cares whether they come to know Him or not. And it's our job. He's told us it's our job to see people how Jesus sees them so that we can act on it, so we can bring them in to come to know Him. This year, let's ask God to give us eyes to see people how He sees people. So we might live more closely and holy in the life that He calls us to. Let's to ignite that Levi response is to go, hey, I, I'm going to go see people not just as somebody on the street, but as somebody who, who could get to know Jesus and how exciting that would be for them. So now this sounds nice and being able to reignite the Levi response in us, it, it, it sounds nice. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see people how Jesus sees people. But what it actually does is it requires change from us. There's actually a change that needs to happen in us. We can't do the same things that we've always done and expect different results in our life. And we can't live the same way. Now, the, the, the Pharisees, we look at the Pharisees in the story and they're like, why, why are you eating with tax collectors and sinners? And the, the, the thing is, we might look at that story today and we're like, well, I'm nothing like the Pharisees. I'd be excited to have, have these people around. And uh, we, we, we look at that story and we're like, that, that, that's not us. But there is something that we can get caught in, a trap that we can get caught in that the Pharisees were in, is that the, the Pharisees were so caught up in their way of doing things. They were so caught up in their custom and their religion that they could not see God standing right in front of them. They couldn't see the opportunity that was faced in front of them. They couldn't see past what they, the way that they did things. They couldn't see that the, the, the Messiah that they believed was coming was standing right in front of them. They couldn't understand what Jesus was doing, and they couldn't change from their way. But then we look at Levi. He, had a, he, he, had a, he was pretty set in his way, and for him to leave what he did was a huge deal. So for, for Levi to actually walk away from that tax, we said Levi left everything. For all the other disciples who uh, followed Jesus, they could have gone back to what they were doing. So for the fishermen, some of them did for a bit of a time. They went back to fishing. But for Levi, he couldn't go back. He couldn't go back to doing it. Once he walked away, he basically said, I'm done with this and there's no coming back. Levi left everything that he knew, his wealth, his comfort, everything to follow Jesus. And it required a massive change for us to have a, a Levi kind of faith, to have that response in our faith, to take this out, is actually going to take some change in us. It's going to require some change. 
See, often we're, we're comfortable doing what we're doing. Coming to church, doing our bit here and there, kind of going through the routine, serving, serving where we can, and we kind of know what to expect, and we, we follow a routine. But actually, if something's going to change in us, if we're going to actually get to reignite this excitement and this passion for our faith, there's going to be some things that need to change. And I can't tell you what those things could be for you, but, you know, for me, I, I don't want to kind of just go along doing the same thing week in, week out. I want God to show me the people that I can go and talk to. I want, I want, to, go, I want to say to God, hey, what are the things that I need to change to, to, to do this? So what are some things you're going to need to change? Is it, is it changing how you spend your time with God? Is it changing uh, your prayer time? Is your prayer time need to shift a little bit away from ourselves to more about other people? Does it move, uh, does, is it getting uncomfortable? Speaking to somebody, is there somebody here that's kind of, you've had something on your heart that you felt God's telling you, feeling you, calling you to do for a long time, and you just haven't had the comfort to step out and do that thing? Is that you? Is that something that's going on in your heart? It's changing how we see people. There is a real change that needs to happen if we're going to reignite this excitement, this passion, and live out and put God first and follow what He calls us and tells us to. So what would it look like this year to put Jesus as first priority and completely align our hearts with his hearts? It's these things. I'm going to invite the team to come back up now. It's, it's these things. It looks like reigniting that Levi response. It says, my faith is too good not to share. The hope, the freedom, the joy that I've received is just too good to keep hidden. It's making Jesus our first priority in all that we do and asking Jesus, would you help me be passionate about what you're passionate about? Would you help me to see people, God, how you see people? I want to, I wanna, when I walk past somebody, I want to see them the way that Jesus, I want something to move in my heart and my soul the way that it would move in Jesus as he encountered people. Will you help me to make the changes in my life so that I can be somebody who lives in step with you. That's, that's got to be our prayer this year, that if we want this, if we want to be people who, who follow God and put Him first priority, we're going to care about the things that He cares about. We're going to be passionate about what Jesus is passionate about. Oh, We've got to cultivate, we've got to ignite that Levi response that says, this, this is too good to keep to myself. This is too good not to share. One thing that we're doing, uh, you saw it on the screen before and mentioned it, we've got Alpha. We run this uh, very regularly as a church because it's, it's such an amazing tool to say, hey, if you want to come and hear about faith, hear about God, you can come to Alpha. And it always starts with a party because Jesus liked to party, we like to party. And we just it's a non-confronting, simple way to say, hey, let me, to the people I know, it, hey, let me invite you to this party to, to hear a little bit about the Christian faith, to, to, to explore for yourself. And we do that. We put that on a church, as a church because it's simple and it's easy for people to grab a hold of. And if people don't want to come back, they don't have to come back. It makes it even easier for us as we're going out into our world and we're encountering people. We don't have to have all the an- questions answered. We don't have to be able to do everything. All that we got to do is say, hey, let me invite you to a party and come check this out. It's really cool. 
And what I want to stress to us this morning as a church is it takes every one of us going out, igniting the passion, the Levi response in us, inviting people to come in, to bring that. And what I want you to know is if you invite people to the party and they don't come, still come. Like if we as a church can grab a hold of this, we can create a space where those people, like in the story, where people who just might have questions, might want to explore, can come. They can hear about Jesus because that news that we've got, that hope, that freedom, that joy that we've found, it's too good not to share. And so that's why we do it. And so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. It's, it's awesome. It's next Sunday at 6 p.m. It was on the screens. Um, but I just want to pray for us as we wrap this up. So I invite you to stand to your feet. And I just want to pray a simple prayer for these things. If that, if that touches something on your heart and you're like, I want to, want to reignite that in my life. I just invite you to stretch your hands out in front of you just as an act to say, I'm participating in this prayer. I want this for me. As I pray, it's just to say, hey, we, we as a church, we, we want to be passionate about this. We want to be hungry for this. And so if that's you, I invite you to stretch your hand out in front of you. I'm just going to pray these things over us. God, we thank you for the joy, the hope, the freedom that we found in you. We thank you that finding faith in you is exciting and it's exhilarating. Forgive us that that we've allowed that we can allow the excitement to go away. God, we thank you for everything that we have received in you. And we pray this morning, as we stand here with open hands, would you reignite the excitement within us? God, as we seek after you, as we put you as our first priority, would you help us to see people how you see people? Would you help us to make the changes in our life, to take new steps in new faith and to prioritize you first in new ways? Jesus, we pray for every person with a hand stretched down in front of them that you would fill with your Holy Spirit. Courage to take this news out into the world. Would you lead us to keep this the news that we believe in, the news and the hope that we have found, would you help us to keep this at the front of our minds so we can live with that excitement and say, hey, this news is just so good. God, as we go about this week, as we go about this year, help us to prioritize you first in all things so that we we care about and be passionate about all that you care and are passionate about, and that's people. We praise you, God. In your name we pray. Amen.